The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast Show, presented by Cisco, Will Brinson, Ryan Wilson. Oh! Oh! oh. It's a Brady Quinn football show! Not really. It's a Super Bowl show. That's what it is. It's all week, right? Do we have any air horns? Come on, guys. Do we have any air horns? No, we have no air horns. Who's producing this? Um, That's uh, Jack, isn't it, today? They rang a bell for you. That's cool. Oh, that's nice. Uh, you're an upgrade over Breach. Did well, you think? Oh, wow. By the way, what did, hey, Wilson, tell, tell Brady uh, what... Uh, this makes more, more sense when you hear the story. This is a definitely an upgrade. Brinson, you're right about that. We were out. Miraculously, someone recognizes on the street after dinner at uh, the media night. Super friends. Pick six In and of itself, yeah. uh, 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 a modern-day miracle. But I'll give you 10 seconds. You have one guess. Uh, a Boston-area famous actor. This woman who recognizes thought Breach looked like this famous actor. You have 10 seconds to guess who it is. Ben Affleck? Yes. You nailed it. A young I mean, Ben Affleck. Half his size. This is a yeah. Ben Affleck like 6'1"? When, when Brinson right. says young, he means Ben Affleck at 8 years old. I mean, old. you're in the mock draft business, right? That's a terrible comp. Oh, That's right. Horrendous. That's a horrendous comp. Right. That gets you fired. She, you think Breach could get J-Lo? Is that really what that person's no. saying? What we think happened is this. Because she was like, were you guys doing that show at the park? And like certain name specifics about the show. We think Breach paid off this lady mm. to act like she'd seen the show. Mentioned specifics, which would incline us to believe that she did, in fact, see the show, which no one actually can do. And then compliment Breach by calling me young Ben Affleck. And yeah. that's exactly what Breach would do. He's that insane. He went. He he overshot. That's that's too unbelievable. Right. Like, that's you, what I'm saying. Yeah. You got to be somewhat believable with a lie. Right. Like Brent's one with John Leguizamo. That I can get on board. <laughs> yeah, with. Yeah. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. But so, I mean, that makes sense. Just go with Brad Pitt and get over with. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just go shoot for the moon, pal. Speaking of unbelievable, insane things to say, Roger Goodell had his press conference on. I whatever. I don't care about Roger. Can, Roger. No, I'm, I'm just waiting for which quote right. you're going to take. Well, which, the one that stood out to me was the most preposterous thing I've heard him say. In at least like a week, right? Which was that the state of officiating has never been better in the NFL. Are you kidding me? Like, what, what, what are we doing here, Roger? Come on. 
It's it, it's hard to stomach those sorts of comments. <laughs> it really is. Only because it makes look, you, it literally makes you sick. Well, yeah. I mean, there's there's not many things wrong with the NFL and how it operates. I, I think there's you could point out probably a few things, but I think the one consistent thing has been the officiating and and how inconsistent it's been, whether and how they're enforcing certain rules. And I understand year to year you're gonna have different points of emphasis, but I think even people who have been previous VPs of officiating would tell you whether it's Mike Pereira or Dean Blandino, that week-to-week, crew-to-crew, game-to-game, there's tremendous inconsistencies. And that's a problem, especially as we're venturing into a world where gambling Thank you. gaming is becoming more of a piece of all of it. And, and I think, look, if it was up to me, if I was running a gambling book, I'm not giving out refunds to a lot of these people out here who email and call in and bitch and moan about these bets that they've lost. I'm not going to give a refund to it. They're lucky these sports books are so kind to be able to give them refunds for well, when there's a little bit of a debate there. I know they're just going to keep playing more. It's an act of goodwill. Right, right, right. No, it's not even an act of goodwill. It's actually just it's like free promotion to give it back. Like, sure. well, but the thing to me is, how can you sit there when you've got this eye in the sky, this replay assist, expedite replay, whatever you want to call it, that you randomly and haphazardly enforce and drop out of nowhere without any idea of like when it might be used, who might get it, who might get the assistance there. Like the Devontae Smith situation with right. the catch. It was not a catch. The 49ers you know, probably not going to win that game anyway, but like that flipped the game. It was the third or fourth most important play of the game by EPA, which I know you're a huge fan of, Brady. Love EPA. Uh, Wilson, you're, I know you're sick and tired of me complaining about officials because I do it every week but by golly roger yeah no i'm not i'm tired to be complaining about it but there are actually reasons for you to complain i get that and it sort of reminds me of roger goodell saying what he said today and i'm gonna go old school history here on you brady back during the first gulf war uh the the minister of uh, propaganda for iraq would stand up in front of the background and say everything's fine and the, like the walls were shaking because that's roger goodell talking about oh everything's fine there's nothing going on meanwhile there's Game after game, week after week, the officiating is a huge issue. Gambling or no gambling, and you know fans are frustrated. Gamblers are obviously frustrated. I would imagine the books are frustrated as well. And I'm sure if you asked Roger Goodell privately, he would say this is this is a real problem. I, I, never, I never thought I could love you any more than right now because you found a way of getting the Gulf War like that mixed into the Pick Six podcast. Now I just need to hear you somehow work in General Schwarzkopf. And it's coming. Perhaps a bear. Or two. <laughs> Here we go. I, I would have gone with. I would have gone with the, the, this is fine dog meme. No, Wilson goes with yeah. the Iraqi minister of propaganda. Well, the first the thing first I said to myself war. is, what, what would Brinson do? Yeah. I, I said the dog <laughs> meme. And I said, you know what? Let's let's step it up a few notches. There you go. Yeah. Well done. Hey, kudos Thank to you. you. Um, I appreciate it. Roger Goodell also talks about the state of minority hires in the NFL. Well, let's just real quickly. Yeah. Do this. What happened? Like, how do you fix it? That, and then that's what I think it's about. We can moan and complain about it, but if you don't have a solution, there's nothing there, right? It's just, it's just it's fodder for talk, and, and everyone keeps perpetuating the same issue. I think the college football world has it yeah. down to a degree. Yeah. Their replay process, they don't always get it right, but it's much more efficient. It's widely used. It makes more sense than, than trying to have this centralized hub in New York that's making these decisions instead of having a crew there on site that it feels like they're more involved in the process. And doesn't I feel like the coaches are less angry about the outcomes of the calls. I, I, I get the sense. At yeah. least that's what it, it feels like. And I'm not saying that's for 100%, but right. I think 90% of the time, they feel like the replay officials do a good job with it. I think more than anything else, what they need to clean up, because we're now here with technology and the TV angles and everything else, we can 
now just reofficiate the play. We don't need to take into account what the call is on the field. All right, like we need to stop having this language where we have a burden of proof to overcome, yes. to either confirm or overturn. Just reofficiate the play. Was it a catch? Was it not? Right. What does the replay show you? Stop taking into account what was on the field. Take into account what everyone in the world's looking at. And, and again, like you have this situation with this replay assist or this expedited replay, whatever you want to call it. What really bothers me is that when it happens, when it occurs on the field, you have these officials that go, well, after a further conversation, we've decided that was a catch. It's like, no, you didn't have a further conversation. The league doesn't want to admit when officials screw up. Right. And so they, they, they buzz in occasionally, and they're way more prone to do it on island games because for whatever reason, like, and I guess he's, you know, our boy, uh, what's his, uh, by the way, Brady, I, yeah, him complaining about the officials, it irritates me, but I get it. When he says island games, it, that, that really triggers me. <laughs> island games? Is that your alternative word for primetime? Yes. What? Yeah, he says island Yes, island. but uh, have you not noticed that the replay assist is more prevalent during island games? <laughs> it is. You know what? Because for whatever reason, they don't have enough people in the league office watching the games on Sunday who can actually officiate these situations. It's crazy, man. Like, this is an $18 billion business. What are we doing? You think you could hire and train more people to fix this problem, right? Thank you. The other thing is, why does college football have an additional official than the NFL? <laughs> that, that part I don't get. I don't really get that either. And, and, I, and I've talked with Mike Prayer and Dean Blandino at length about this, and, and their response is always, that's not going to really take too much of the burden off it. But I don't know how it hurts. <laughs> I mean, I think if you're dipping up tasks even more so, it's an extra set of eyes. It's an extra vantage point that you could have someone who maybe sees something differently. And as they come in to all discuss whatever that conversation is, a call on the field, they can hopefully have a better angle of getting it right so that's another piece of it where is this just the nfl being cheap i mean is, is that part of it or do they just not mind the controversy because i think that's part that of it kind of perpetuates the conversation throughout the course of the week with some of the games right all right i'm being told that we are talking uh, far too much about officiating what do you got if you like more officiating chatter by all means subscribe to the pick six podcast you will get it every sunday <laughs> right off the bat usually so minority hires roger goodell you know, I think the, he thinks there's been progress. Do we agree with him, yes or no? Yeah, well, compared to what? Yes, is probably the answer. Miko Ryan's got hired this cycle. We'll see what happens with Eric Bieniemy. Probably looks like he's not going to get the, the Cardinals job, I don't think. But it's better. But again, Steve Wilkes got fired after going 6-6 six and six, right. uh, for a team that hired Frank Reich. I would say the biggest thing is we need to get more minority coaches on the offensive side of the ball. If you yes. look at the trend of hiring right now, head coaches and even ones that are successful and getting to whether it's the Super Bowl, playoffs, etc., it's heavily weighted towards the offensive side of the ball. We need to figure out a way of getting more minority coaches, more experience on the offensive side of the ball, and more opportunities. Eric Bieniemy obviously is a candidate. However, maybe the lack of success from Matt Nagy and some of the others who've kind of come from that, that tree under Andy Reid, maybe it's hurt them in, in some way given the lack of success Nagy had. So, uh, and, and, it's, and it's an individual situation. I don't know the specifics to it, but there still needs to be more candidates off from that side of the football. Agree completely. All right, we got to talk about some Chiefs offense. How it will fare against the Eagles defense. What those two sides will do when they face off. Coming up next on the Pick 6 Podcast Show here on CBS Sports HQ. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. 
At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to the Pick 6 Podcast Show, presented by Cisco Wilbrinson, Brian Wilson, and Brady Quinn, who just makes me smile with your you tall, beardless, just, jolly just fellow. On, uh, on the track so far. We have not just jerked the wheel of the car into a ditch yet, but it, it could it's happen. It's early. I'm, I'm dying. I'm dying. To eat. You know, it's like that. Speaking, I know you're a big meme guy, Wilson. What do you got? You know that meme where it's like this, the street sign, you fill out the street sign, it's like the car swerving yeah. hard, right? That car, That's just me. It's like the straight lane is like professionally produced, professionally done podcast or podcast show. And then the right lane is like, ooh, Princeton sees a squirrel. <laughs> and I feel like you're Will Ferrell in old school, running, not driving. <laughs> have you two driven in, like, in a car together where Will's driving? Uh, yeah. I don't have any bad memories, but Breach certainly does. Breach? Well, I was going to say, like, you... you you typically seem like the type of guy that, if you're driving, right, you turn back to talk to people while you're driving. Like, you seem like that <laughs> yeah. type of distracted driver. Is that fair? Yeah. I would say that I am an elite. Wait, what did you say? What did you say back there? No, no, no. I'm an elite driver. Elite. Yeah. Well, you now, live in a rural area. It's hard to Other people on the road may not agree with that, but that's them a problem, not right. a me problem. Moving on to the topic at hand, the Chiefs offense versus... The Eagles' defense in Super Bowl 57, which, by the way, we're covering here from lovely Phoenix. The weather here is spectacular, I might add. It's been great. Does you know, surprise to you? You didn't know this was going to be the case this you time know, there's, some, there's some interesting cumulus clouds. <laughs> I'm just oh, kidding. I'm not seeing a cloud. I was trying to do a tangent joke. Brady, you're a former NFL quarterback. Yeah. I actually played for the Chiefs. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen when the Chiefs have the ball against this Eagles defense? Because, as we've noted several times this week, the Eagles' third most sacks in NFL history by a team only trailing the 84 and 85 Chicago Bears' decent defenses. Yeah, no, I I mean, obviously they can get pressure. This is a much better offensive line group, though, than I think what uh, the Kansas City Chiefs had the last time there in the Super Bowl. So that obviously helps out Patrick Mahomes. But the difference, too, is I think how he's – Continue to progress as a quarterback, playing from the pocket, going through his reads and progressions, and taking what's there for him. Now, part of that's because they don't have Tyreek Hill, a guy who, when you have a number one like Tyreek Hill as a quarterback, you're going to sit on him an extra beat. You're going to try to extend plays to allow him to separate downfield. That hasn't been quite as much that. The question becomes, as we're looking at all these you know, athletic plays from Patrick Mahomes, what is this mobility going to be with the ankle? Now, with a couple of additional weeks to recover, he's not going to be 100%, but based on how he looked, in the AFC Championship game, I don't think he's going to be hampered quite as much. I mean, he was moving around outside the pocket, inside the pocket, had a big run towards the end. Obviously, that ends up setting up the game-winning field goal with the penalty from Joseph aside. But the reality is he's developed and continued to progress as a quarterback this season without Tyreek Hill. And I think that's one of the reasons why I'm pretty bullish on them to win this one in a tight game. No, I, I like them a lot. Do you want to ask me a question or do you want me to go? Oh, you're pointing at me. I was. I didn't want to. No, no, no. I just had the pin. Oh, gotcha. But my concern, Brady, is this. Um, you sure? Okay. Um, I, <laughs> so we saw in the in the championship game, Patrick rolled to his right, yeah. and he landed awkwardly on his foot. Didn't turn his ankle, but it hurt. No, no, it was rolled to his left. Rolled to his left. Throw, right, and he, he landed awkwardly on his foot, and he, he didn't. Um, you know, he didn't turn his ankle, but it obviously left him in some pain. That compounded, and two weeks later, he's better, but he's not completely healed. That compounded with taking one hit or two hit by this pass rush that Brinson was talking about. I would imagine as a quarterback, that's in the back of your mind, knowing that you're not 100%, and you just uh, might have uh, Javon Hargrave, for example, body slam you to the ground. 
I mean, it's something that is going to be in the back of your mind, obviously, depending on how the game starts. You know, if they start getting pressure early with just four, yeah, that internal clock in your head's like, all right, we're not going to have a lot of time today. The good thing is also he's got a coach who's experienced in this where he, they make adjustments every single drive. People act like, oh, we wait till halftime, we all get together, really talk about all the adjustments. Every single time you come off the field, you're making adjustments on the sideline. So Andy Reid's going to see it. Patrick Mahomes is going to communicate that to him. And everyone else, Eric Bieniemy, who's a part of it's going to see it. I think they're going to spread him out. I think they're going to get the ball out quick. Yeah. I think the running backs are going to be big in the screen game and out of the backfield. That's a good matchup for them. Uh, but I think that's one of the things. That's how you frustrate those guys. And, and I know they don't want to run the football. And the Chiefs don't look at... Um, I guess I should put it this way. They, they look at the outside wide receiver screen game as basically as an extension, an of, the extension of the runs. Yeah, for sure. And when you've got bigger interior players like Fletcher Cox, uh, like Javon Hargrave, who's had a great year, you get them running side to side early. You get them worn down. You get them trying to rush upfield and have to redirect back down after a screen. You get them moving like that. You tire them out to the second half. Then you start getting a beat on them. You can run the football, especially if you've got a bit of a lead. So that's what I more suspect, suspect is going to happen. Spread them out, ball out quick, screen game, flats, take them with the defense gives you to wear them down. So I think that's a really interesting point about the screen game in particular, especially because, and we talked about this on the podcast with Anthony Bergano of, of uh, 95.7 The Fan, or 95.7 in Philly, whatever whatever the, whatever the call sign is. But um, he was pointing out that it's possible, and I think I kind of agree with this theory, that after two weeks of like a heavy dose of Isaiah Pacheco, it might, like, it's possible Andy Reid, or let me ask you this, Brady, is it possible that Andy Reid was using the last two weeks Pacheco heavy in order to sort of set up the possibility of going back to Jarrett McKinnon aggressively in that screen, screen, uh, screen game, excuse me, knowing, and I know that's like a little short-sighted, yeah. but like that, does, that is something that feels very Andy Reid-esque. I, I don't know that he was using Isaiah Pacheco as a chess piece for later on. I think right. he just thinks that much of Isaiah Pacheco. Sure. I mean, he's that dynamic, he's that fast. He's one of their best playmakers. You can maybe make the case he is the, one of their best home run hitters or their best home run hitter right. if you get them the ball in space. I mean, Marquez Valdez-Scanling obviously has speed. Sky Moore, if Miko Harbin was playing, you would consider them in part of that too, but Pacheco's a guy to get the ball too easy, and he can do something with yards after the catch, yards after contact. So, uh, look, this is you know some of the things that I, I think you're going to see them mix in, but Kinnon will be a part of it. I'm more interested to see if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is even active for this. I know they brought him on the active roster. Do they even activate him for the yeah. game? Or have the other two done such a good job at this point where there's just not enough to know what kind of impact he'll have and if it's worth putting him on the active roster for game day? And we've seen him be a red zone weapon too, where like they use him in the, the, the shovel pass, shovel passes, the screens, screens the Texas he's a reliable routes. back. Yep. You know, he's a shorter, shiftier kind of guy like that. Justify the first round pick for once. You know. Well, there's there's that too. <laughs> yeah. just, um, pretend, just pretend Pacheco's the first rounder, and then the yeah, just, or you just you just add them together. It's a two, th- three and a half round pick. So that's go. what you got. Um, one one thing I I'd sort of thrown out is, and I, I'm curious, but you think of, like how often you see this in NFL games because it is difficult to do. But could the Eagles' defense? Overload that left their left side and try and force Mahomes to roll to his left. Yeah, so you're gonna have a variety of, of pressure looks. And usually, you know, if they feel like hey, his completion percentage really drops when he rolls one way or another, um, it's not even so much that they're gonna overload one side. What they typically do, and this usually happens after the snap of the football, is it's the stunts in the games. And as a quarterback, as you're dropping back, you know, your eyes are gonna be downfield looking past what's in front of me, but you still feel it, right? Your peripheral vision still feels that. So as you kind of feel all the 
these bodies moving from the right to the left, you naturally are thinking, okay, there's space there. Where the Eagles and most defensive coordinators get you is they take one of those interior guys or even sometimes guys on the left side of the formation, and they'll rush them all the way around the outside to the right side of the defensive formation, you know, offense is left, and that's where you kind of get that rusher that comes around late and it then gets the quarterback who's flushed out of the pocket or moved too much. That happens all the time, and it's just it's a natural progression for a lot of quarterbacks when you're trying to feel space in the pocket. Do you, do you think that we'll see any bare fronts in this particular game or, or any unique bare fronts? I think what you'll, you're not going to see bare fronts. As, we're trying to work in as many bare references as possible based on our, our pre-show conversation of, of, of a great movie that's coming out. If, if an, an untold true story that now hits theaters coming up right. here in the next couple yeah. of weeks after the that's Super Bowl. Right, right. That's right. Is Brady in this movie? He's really, I wish. Really pepping this I wish. I probably would have survived. <laughs> Especially given the, you know, uh, some of the drugs that Barrow's on. <laughs> but I digress. Go see Cocaine Bear, kids. Um, <laughs> Do you think we'll see any cocaine bear fronts from the Eagles is what you know, I'm asking. You're not, I don't think you're going to see your traditional bear front. I, I don't. I, I think what you're going to see is you're going to see linebackers mugged, and for a lot of reasons, right? Especially if the running backs end up being impactful in some of the passing game. They play so much out of shotgun. Anytime you know, you've know you got a linebacker that's mugged up in the line of scrimmage, it's going to take, usually if you're under center as a quarterback, the offensive line is going to gap down. So the offensive line is going to take that linebacker if he's up in the A gap, right, whatever between the center and guard, or if he's outside the, the guard tackle, if he's mugged up there in the B gap, you know, the line's going to take him. Once you go back in the shotgun, that's where you have enough space so the running back's going to then come over and take that linebacker. If he decides to, to pressure, uh, the running back will take him, but it takes him out of the equation as part of the pass game. So I think that's what Jonathan Gannon will do when he wants to mix up looks. It's going to be putting bodies up there that'll create that five-man look that gets you into making the calls you'd normally make, in particular in the pass game, when you get those bare fronts. You Wilson, know? Maybe, they'll, maybe they'll call it cocaine. You know, I, that's, like, what I'm, that. that's what I'm saying. Why would you not do that? Wilson, uh, you've been you've been pretty adamant that you think Travis Kelsey is going to have a big game, right? Um, yeah. Any thoughts about how the Eagles will approach that? I mean, do, you know, do, we, do we bracket situation, double team? You know. Well, again, I'm going to ask uh, a resident bear expert and uh, former NFL quarterback, Brady <laughs> Quinn, this question, because I was thinking about it as you guys are, are rambling on and I, my mind started to wander. But let's say I still can't understand what the Jaguars are doing when they decided not to cover Travis Kelsey, right? So you would imagine Travis Kelsey's going to be double. I think the Bengals did. I didn't think they did much better. Yeah. Now, well, granted, they didn't have Trey Flowers. Maybe that would have changed things. So let's assume that the plan for the Eagles is to shut down Travis Kelsey. And let's say the running game isn't working early for Kansas City. Who has to step up for Kansas City if his name isn't Travis Kelsey uh, to help make plays You know, that's not going to be part of the running game as well? Because I think that could be a critical factor in terms of how this thing turns out. Yeah, look, we talked about uh, Pacheco a lot being someone outside of Travis Kelsey if that's not the case. I mean, look, he's hard to stop. They move him around enough and do different things with him to make it tough. And I think the other thing is, let's say that he stays in to chip help on Hassan Reddick and releases out in the flat. Those are just easy ways of trying to get him the football, and then you threaten the secondary with speed to clear some things out. Jonathan Gannon runs a lot of uh, quarters coverage, right? Cover fours. So there's a lot of space out there, especially if you clear things out underneath for the tight ends and running backs, if that's the case. But Pacheco's one. I think Marcus Valdez Scanling could have a yep. big game, a few yep. you know, game changing plays. I think he has to. And then Juju Smith Schuster. He's got to step up, too. I think he's you know a reliable veteran. He showcased his ability during the course of the season. I think he's a guy, too, that needs to have a big game in the intermediate routes. And he's got to back up this Philly cheesesteak talk, too, Juju. That's outrageous. You can't drag cheesesteaks ahead of the play of the Eagles. It's just begging for bulletin board material. Uh, in the words of the immortal Mark Gottfried, you got to guard us, too, pal. What are the Eagles, uh, what, are the, what are the Chiefs' defense going to do against the Eagles' offense? We will tell you next here on the Pick 6 Podcast Show, presented by Cisco, on CBS Sports HQ. 
back to the Big Six Podcast Show, presented by Cisco here on CBS Sports HQ. Will Brinson, Ryan Wilson, and Brady Quinn. Well, maybe, maybe next segment I'll not smile when I see when I see a handsome face over here on the set. It's it's so it's so like it's it's just an enthusiasm unknown to mankind. Seeing you versus seeing Breach over there, like you can't tell if he's like about to fall out of his chair or just start. You know. Where's Breach, by the way? Is Britney Spears in town? I know he's a big Britney oh. Spears fan. Big, yeah, you know he actually has like a five hundred dollars. StubHub credit from when he went to he, he like won in a class action lawsuit after after he bought Britney Spears. That's the least, Spears least surprising thing I've heard right? all like, day. You hear that and you're like, yeah, that totally checks out. Yeah. Like that's, that's that's very breach. very much John Breach of him. Breach will be back uh, tomorrow on the show. We got two more days after today. We'll see. Uh, maybe yeah, we'll see. Uh, and then Sully will join us on Friday. Got a big as night. We'll see. Well, <laughs> and of course uh, Chris Hassel and crew. Anchoring our coverage all week long here on CBS Sports HQ. Eagles offense. I'm very curious, Brady Quinn, to see how the Eagles attack the Chiefs defense. Now, the Chiefs defense, I don't think, obviously isn't going to get the credit that we, you know, that, that we've seen the, the Eagles defense get. Clearly, the sack numbers aren't there and we don't, even the star players probably aren't there. This is a Chiefs defense, you know, coordinated by Steve Spagnola that's a lot better than people think. Sort of reminds me of the last time they made their Super Bowl run when that defense came together down the stretch. And, you know, I think it, it's, it's, I'm just curious to see, do they come out running or do they come out passing? What do you think the Eagles offense does? I think if, if they're smart, they, they come out and they try to run the football. You know, I, I think it was interesting. Hurts off of the injury when they first were playing in the, in the divisional round. They kind of want to showcase the fact that, hey, his, his arm's fine, right? Yeah. Deep, deep ball downfield, I believe, Devontae Smith. Everyone's like, all right, everything's good. His arm's just fine. After that, though, it hasn't looked the same. I know the accuracy hasn't been quite as good downfield. He missed He missed a real easy shot to A.J. Brown. Even some of the short and intermediate throws, the ball placement isn't quite as good. And look, I had a posterior labrum tear, had rib issues. You know, you can get inject, you get a shot up. It doesn't mean it's going to solve the issue. It might remove some of the pain and discomfort. Mechanically, though, there's some things that could be broken down. You know, we don't know the extent of the injury with his shoulder, but the reality is, it still seems like at least once they've been in the playoffs, there's still something there. So how do you take the pressure off his shoulders? You literally run the football with the best offensive line in the league. You, you know, utilize their size, um, how talented they are, and the way they match up up front. That takes the fight to Chris Jones, who's had a, just a, a monster playoff so far. Frank Clark, same thing. You know he wants to pin his ears back and just rush up field. That's been his M.O. Uh, every time they go to the playoffs. I think that's where it starts. And then off of that, you start to incorporate the RPOs, the play action, run action. Uh, and maybe when things are there for Hurts, he takes off. I don't know how much quarterback design run they'll have outside of third down red zone. It is the Super Bowl. So if you're a quarterback, you are playing a little banged up, you're going to sell out. All right, We can show the highlight of John Elway at the end of his career time and time and time again. So, <laughs> Going full Rosencopter. But, but I think it starts with establishing the run. And then that really eliminates a lot of what Steve Spagnuolo wants to do, especially if you stay ahead of the sticks and you're dominating up front. There's really not a whole lot you can do schematically, right? That's just about your guys playing better than their guys, and, and you got to get them to go out and execute. No, I think, Brinson, you're right. We haven't been talking a lot about the Chiefs defense because the, the Eagles defense, and I get that. But one of the things that Rick Spiel and I talked about yesterday on the with the First Pick podcast is how many rookies that the Chiefs have playing on both sides of the ball, but primarily defensively. We talked about Isaiah Pacheco, the seventh-round pick, last segment, but they have Jalen Watson, the seventh-round pick. They have Trent McDuffie, who went early in the draft. George Carlife just went in the first round. It had a fantastic – you can see the guys here. Sky Moore, Brian.
Brian Cook. All contributed. Josh Williams had to come in late in the game against the Bengals and play because of injuries to LeJarius Sneed. And I was talking to someone uh, with the Chiefs back at the Senior Bowl, and they were saying the great thing about having these guys have to play early is that they got the experience in week two through six, for example, where uh, while things are on the line, they can now use that experience, uh, both good and bad, and take that into this to the Super Bowl. So it's not a situation where you have an injury to LeJarius Sneed and Joshua Williams just has to go out there. He's going to be ready to go, and I think that's going to be instrumental in helping the Chiefs get off the field, especially as Brady noted, Jalen Hurts isn't 100%. Well, I think that's, you know, you mentioned the the youth there, coupled with the fact that you have this team and the Eagles, it probably does want to run the football, right? And so do the Chiefs come in and say, all right, we're going to stack the, you know, we're just going to stack the box, dare you to beat us, we're going to try and win these one-on-one matchups, try and, you know, negate what you want to do in the run game and force Jalen Hurts to throw. And, and, and that's sort of where I come from. Like, I almost want to see him come out and just throw deep early, assuming that the Chiefs, and, and obviously there's a, you know, a game of chess here, right? the game right. within the game. No, I, I think if you didn't have Legereus Sneed back playing in this one, uh, you'd probably want to test both rookie corners. I mean, Watson's played well for rookie this year, but if Williams was in there too, I'd find unique ways to try to get them matched up. And whether that's utilizing bigger personnel, right, where you kind of bring in multiple tight ends, make it seem like that, put A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith out there by themselves and try to get those one-on-one matchups and just see how they're going to handle that, see how they're going to play that. And that's, you know, during a Super Bowl, but really every NFL game, you're always going to have those scripted starters. You're always going to put up different personnel groupings, different formations to see if the Chiefs are going to play it how you've previously seen it on film. Sure. And then based on that, that's where those adjustments come, those shot plays you're talking about, you know, first quarter, second quarter. Uh, I, I think, you know, really what you're speaking to is how are the Eagles and their coaching staff as a whole going to handle the adjustments throughout the course of the game, given their lack of experience in this spot, right? We know Andy Reid's been here before. Steve Spagnuolo's been here before. We know what the track record is. For Jonathan Gannon, uh, Shane Steichen, those guys have, you know, Sirianni, he hasn't been here. So it, it's a different deal when you think about, are they going to be like conservative, like McVay and the Rams when they first went to the Super Bowl? Sure. Or are they going to take some chances early and say, hey, we want to try to loosen some things up because we feel like they're going to try to load the box to stop the run. I think you have to be who you are at this point, not to quote Pete Prisco, because he uses that a lot. <laughs> You are but, who you but, say you are. But there is the reality of that's what the Eagles are, are capable of doing is dominating this game physically. I think you want to set the tone early, run the football, get Jalen Hurts going with some easy completions before you start wanting to take those big shots downfield. Hey, can I ask Brady a quick question? Uh, yeah, if it's about Chris Jones. It is. Perfect. And Chris Jones' name is actually Jalen Hurts in the situation. So let me ask you this quickly. You played in, in, in big bowl games. You played in Notre Dame a ton of big games. Does any of that experience for Jalen Hurts playing in Alabama, playing in the big moments, playing in Oklahoma, does that help him here or no? No, of course, because he already understands, you know, how to really lock in and load into all of that. I mean, nowadays, I think the way the games are so big coming from college, I think you can almost make that case for every guy, even in the regular season. There's just not as many distractions as what it felt like it used to be. Yeah. Most of the, most of the guys, when they are on these big stages, they understand how to condition themselves not to get sucked into all that. So, I, I, look, I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to have any issue whatsoever if he comes out and, and is rusty as far as him not being focused or him yeah. being a too okay. big of an environment. I think it's going to be more of a byproduct of his shoulder and maybe what Steve Spagnuolo is doing with some of the looks that he's giving him. I mean, it's, it's, it's a young secondary, right? It's a gamble you play. If you try to show a bunch of disguise and looks and pressures and back out of it, you can get some guys who aren't actually in the right position out there. So both both sides have to make that decision offensively, how aggressive they want to be in Philly, and defensively how much pressure Spagnuolo wants to bring. I mean, you, how, I mean how, just how much do you think they'll move Chris Jones around, by the way? like I mean, I, I think they have to. Um, I mean, look, he's, he's probably 
best in the interior. I think the world of Lane Johnson and Jordan Mailata at the tackle spot. And they so, snuffed the Bengals out when they put him on the edge there at the end. Yeah, and, and, and I think that was more of maybe a weakness, too. You're looking at Denigy, who's who's a backup who played well in that kind of service in that spot, but was going to struggle if he's isolated one-on-one. And we kind of talked about the different matchups that maybe Philly would present with their defensive front. One of the things you're going to see the Chiefs do, and you really saw us all year in the NFL, they'll put Chris Jones, isolate him on the right tackle, and they'll put the other three defensive linemen on the other side of the center. And so you'll see, you know, this look where you basically have this offensive line that has to make a choice. They either have to take that uncovered right guard and slide him to the right tackle to give help, or they have to slide him to the left, and you have to leave that right tackle isolated. So that, that would be Lane Johnson in this case. Lane Johnson's up for the task. Whole so different ballgame with Lane Johnson. It is, but but I think the way they use Chris Johnson, the way they move him around, um, like he's, he's the best defensive tackle right now in the NFL with Aaron Donald being hurt, and, and that, that'll be part of the game plan. They'll know where number 95 is no matter where he's out on the field. Let's say, Wilson, that the Eagles get the run game going. Do you think there's a sneaky chance, and I'm maybe wish-casting a bit here as somebody who used one of his free uh, promo bets on a 100-to-1 long-shot MVP, uh, any chance like a Kenneth Gainwell, a Boston oh. Scott, get cooking and steal the MVP award? Yeah, Please. Corey Clement scored in the last Eagles Super That's Bowl. That's what I'm saying, baby. Uh, I thought you were going to go where our buddy Tyler Sullivan went yesterday. His bold prediction on the show, Brady, was that Jalen gets 100 yards, and I think the record's only 64 rushing yard for quarterback. So I thought maybe that, and but we talked about this during the Giants-Eagles game, why Jalen Hurts was being used so much to run the ball, especially late in that game. But absolutely, we could see uh, a Kenneth Gainwell. Is Miles Sanders too rich for your blood? The expectation is that he's going to do well? Or is I just like the idea. I, look, I'll be honest, I saw it from Doug Kazarian uh, over at ESPN. Oh, okay. 100 to 1. I didn't realize Gainwell was that long. I, I don't hate the... I just score a touchdown or to win the MVP? To win MVP. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. Three to, three, like, three plus 350 to, to uh, score a touchdown. Yeah, no, absolutely could happen. I think if you go back and watch the NFC Championship game, you'll see the different rush patterns that um, the 49ers were using, D'Amico Ryans was using to to flush Jalen Hurts out of the pocket. Mm. And you know, it was almost as if they weren't so concerned because they had contained about him running. They were really just trying to cut the field in half. Because if you're comparing these two quarterbacks, Mahomes can throw back across the field, and he's got that incredible arm to be able to roll left, throw right, roll right, throw left. Hurts isn't the same type no. of thrower, and especially with the shoulder that's injured, if you can cut the field in half, it makes it a lot easier on a young secondary. So I suspect you're going to see some very similar rushes and pressures that you saw the 49ers use in that matchup. Mm. I think the Chiefs will try to emulate some of that. Obviously, it worked early on. Once the game got out of hand, it's a little more difficult to, to run those sort of pressures. What do you do if you're Spagnuolo and you do that? But there's success with Jalen Hurts running the ball in space. What do you? What's your counter? Well, you got to go back to zone. I mean, you're not going to be able to play a ton of man, right? Yeah. You can't afford to have your defenders, you know, in coverage downfield, backs turn, and then Hurts just takes off. I, I think that's my, my biggest concern. If you're a Chiefs fan watching it defensively, you got to limit how much and the situations you tend to use man to man because you're concerned about that. So you're going to base that on situation, right? First, second down, maybe you know, just switching up, playing some man there, and, and then obviously personnel in the game and, what, and how you're going to match up with that personnel. Um, but but outside of that, I think it's it's all about how your coach those guys too to rush you know he's the type of athletic quarterback that you know some guys you don't mind putting them out there in a wide nine and just cutting them loose let frank clark go get it and, and that quarterback's gonna be hanging out the back of that pocket with hurts he'll step up he'll take off so you're gonna be a little more you know measuring your approach and then those edge rushers we're gonna know they might try to speed rush hard upfield and then they're gonna counter back inside knowing that if they wrap back around hurts might be stepping up trying to run inside the pocket and they'll be there waiting for him to give him a big old hug let me ask you too about uh, about hurts because you you touched on it but i know we we've talked about this on the Pick 6 podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review, obviously, and uh, check out the first, uh, what, what's your podcast called? <laughs> With the first pick. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. I was, I was trying to do was, a bit. Yeah, um, oh, that was a bit? There, was there more to that bit? <laughs> I, I don't know if there's much more. That was, that was it? it. Okay. That was it. I promoted the heck out of you.
Um, on Hertz, you you've mentioned that this is not this is a pain tolerance thing, right? Like it is it is it is a pain management situation. Well, that's what I'm assuming. We don't know much more than that. Only he and the medical staff. Know. Sure. Okay. But gotcha. if that's the case, you know, there's certain things you can do it to help it feel better. But you also got to be careful about numbing anything up too much. You know, for a quarterback, it's all about feel. You know, the, the timing of your release, your biomechanics, and all that. You start taking away some of your ability to feel some of that, and it doesn't feel like the same the way you've prepared yourself for this moment in the Super Bowl. You can be a little off. It might look as rusty or however you want to describe it, but it can play a role in being a little bit less accurate with some of those throws. All right. Good chat on the Eagles offense and the Chiefs defense. Great X's and O's, really nailing it down. Barefront discussions and all that. Might get some barefront from the Chiefs. Might get a little barefront from the Chiefs. A little bear. A little good bear. Get you going. Grizzly bear or whatever else. (laughs) Everybody's been waiting all day for Thursday night is the slogan, I think, for Thursday night football. Might we see some changes to Thursday night football, maybe in the Pro Bowl? Who knows? We'll tell you about it next. Coming up on the Pick 6 Podcast Show here on CBS Sports HQ. Welcome back to the Big Six Podcast Show, presented by Cisco here on CBS Sports HQ. Will Brinson, Ryan Wilson, and Brady Quinn. Pew, pew. <laughs> um, couple more. It's a little cleanup matter. She's wrapping up uh, Roger Goodell's State of the League. He talks for 15 minutes and doesn't say anything. It's amazing. Except when people with planted questions ask him stuff he wants to answer. It's relatable to the Pick 6 Podcast. There's a little bit of that on, on your end of things. So I'd say it's a little bit longer, though. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You had me until the 15 minutes. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Uh, so, Roger Goodell said he would not be surprised, roughly, paraphrasing here, if Thursday Night Football was eventually something that could be flexed. Now, I didn't play professional football. Ryan didn't play professional football. You, Brady Quinn, did play professional football. How would you feel if suddenly it was Monday and you found out that your game was on Thursday? Now, probably they do it a week or so in advance, yeah, but still. Yeah, you'd think you'd have a couple weeks in advance. You would hope so. I think the tough thing is for, for players and coaches in scheduling that is you'd almost need a few weeks in advance. That's looked at as almost a second bye week, the way a lot of teams look at that Thursday night yeah. game. Because you typically get off that next day of the weekend. It's an opportunity for recovery depending on where it strikes in the course of the season. Um, and so, look, I, I didn't realize that you know Amazon has that much power and sway. Maybe that's Roger Goodell just saying, hey, Amazon, pay a little extra money and we'll, we'll make this game you know, be able to be flexed in this spot, another revenue stream for them. Uh, or it's Al Michaels. He wants say. a better game with his pregame meal and his steak that he eats apparently throughout the course <laughs> He of the eats game. it during the game. It's amazing. He eats it during the game. So maybe at halftime he's, he wants to be able to enjoy the second half with his steak so he's got a better match. Credit to pardon my take for the interview with Kirk Herbstreit where yes. he revealed that, that they he, I mean, Kirk's like, you know, he's like, usually I do this other show on Saturdays. <laughs> Pretty pretty big show. He's like, they bring me a sandwich. Yeah. He's like, start doing Amazon Thursday Night Football. And Al Michaels is just kneeling down he, on a prime rib. Budget, the NFL budget, two completely different things. Yeah, that, 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 that Bezos money, man, it kicks it. Yeah, the guy builds rockets <laughs> Yeah, that, you know, look like pepper grinders. <laughs> um, pepper mills, whatever it's called. Sure, whatever you say. Uh, Wilson, what do you think about the idea of flip-flopping around teams on Thursday Night Football? I'll just say, first of all, I'm pretty much reliving in a simulation. Uh, I'll leave it at that. Because uh, this is this is one of the weirdest Super Bowls I've ever been a part of, and only because of the last five minutes. Uh, but what I will and it's say... it's only getting weirder because of this like, techno music bumping in the but background. But I, I do think in terms of flexing the games, on some level it, it makes sense for, for the league in terms of 
generating money, right? The players are going to be the ones getting the short end of the stick. But I think the logistics are the issue. Like, how do you figure this out two, three, four weeks in advance? But that could be one of these sort of meaty reveal things that the NFL uh, plays rolls out there a month in advance that the games are going to do and to try to sell that. It's a real opportunity for the NFL PA to try to get something back yeah. in return. This is clearly yeah. something that I think the NFL wants. Uh, obviously, Amazon wants. This is an opportunity if, if you're the NFL PA, the union, you go try to get something back in return, whatever that may be. Uh, maybe, maybe you could get uh, you could legalize marijuana. Just kidding. That's what they got last time in exchange for what, like, like an eighteen game schedule. It wasn't you know? legalized. I think the threshold was made as such where it's right. I mean, fine, make it legal. Fine. Yeah. That's just give them something that you're going to give them anyway. All right, I'm told we're supposed to leave now. <laughs> uh, Roger Goodell also said, I don't see us going back to uh, the original, the old Pro Bowl format. Not really a huge surprise there, right? No, but I just, I, the Pro Bowl's not what it used to be. Yeah. You know, when it was in Hawaii, it was a treat. It was really something that players looked forward to, that they took their families to. Um, and, and it was, and guys played in it. And, and then it used to be looked at as, hey, that was a true accomplishment. Now, I don't think it's viewed as the same way anymore. When you say a guy's a Pro Bowl caliber player, it's just, it's viewed differently, especially amongst the guys who remember back when, when you got that invite, you went, it was something special. Now, it just feels like it's um, a popularity contest in the sense that the fans enjoy it, the voting process. I I, would I haven't seen the ratings for the flag football thing. But if I'm sure ratings, it's great. And then it's going to continue to happen. Think, you don't think it's great? The NFL could do anything, and it's going to end up being big. It, it not, I mean, comparatively speaking to other all-stars, maybe. But I, I wouldn't call it great. I'm watching that thinking, this is the best we can do with the NFL. <laughs> Just give them the bye week. Like, like, let everyone hang out, have fun. Give them a check for eighty five grand and move on. And everybody take a vacation. Go to Hawaii. We'll be back uh, tomorrow. We're not going to Hawaii quite yet. But that'll do it for today's show. Brady Quinn, always a pleasure to hang out. So many topics covered. If you love more, if you want more Brady Quinn, check out the Pick 6 podcast. You can watch it on YouTube. You can listen to it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, more Chris Hassel all week long. Look at this handsome fella. Live from Phoenix, CBS Sports HQ with all your coverage. Thanks for watching. We'll see you guys later.